0: Right, welcome in to another episode of the Fezzik Focus podcast. I am your host, A.J. Hoffman, joined as always by the only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, how's it going, bud?
1: Things are great, A.J. football is upon us.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, we're running out of preseason Fezzik Focus pods Going forward, it's get, we're going to be in the thick of things, so that's that's exciting news. Um, and we got some breaking news right before we sat down to record this podcast about Deshaun Watson, the settlement uh, that was reached between the NFL and the NFL Players Association on Deshaun Watson eleven games and five million dollars, uh, which is interesting. I I thought that the You know what? We'll get to it. We'll get to all of our thoughts on this here in a a moment. Let's go ahead and start the show the way we normally do, with a Fez tale. What's up?
1: Very good. One question before the Fez tale. Sure. Deshaun is only making, like, a little over a million this year. Is that correct? Correct. Can he not declare bankruptcy because he can't meet the $5 million fine and then start anew?
0: Well, if you recall, he made $10 million for doing absolutely nothing last year.
1: You don't think that might not have been spent already?
0: Uh, it might have been. In legal fees? But I feel like I, that's why I, That's why I thought that the, the the fine that they would give would be at least $10 million. So it would feel like last year was actually a suspension since mm-hmm. he didn't get to play and he wouldn't have gotten any money for it. It would have felt like they could, the NFL could have said, look, this is essentially last year was a suspension plus this year is a suspension because we fined him enough to make last year – a suspension year instead of him just sitting out and getting paid year and then everything he gets for this year on top of it. So they could have made it seem like they were real tough on crime if they would have hit him with that $10 million uh, fine is what I thought.
1: Yes, and bottom line, I'm sure he can go to organizations, not the Dollar Loan Center, but there are other high-end that, that cater to high-end clients and say, "Look, I got
0: guaranteed. As we know, yeah, he's you, got some money coming. Can you give
1: me some? Can, 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 can you give me a structured settlement? And I'm sure that probably can work.
0: With yeah, I, I think he'll end up being okay. All right, what is the Fez tale?
1: All right, so another seven star. To summarize, I've, I bet a lot of sports at Caesar Sports, so I achieved seven star status, and it seems like every month I find a new perk. I came back from the Bahamas. So I was able to get free lodging in the Bahamas because I was a seven star, which was very nice at Atlantis. So this pales in comparison, but it's kind of cool. The Caesars used to have diamond lounges, did away with them. So that diamond lounge would open up and you could go in there and have free drinks. And there's some free snacks and food that was available. It was a nice little perk that you could have, but after COVID they discontinued it and they put in Vanderpump Rules lounges instead. (laughs) So make a little more revenue. And they just give you four free drinks a day and $10 food comp. Okay. I discovered that there's one Harris Hotel, the Cromwell. I don't think you have to be staying there. I I actually uh, had a room there. And they give you a bracelet if you're a seven-star. But I think you can get the bracelet without staying there as long as you're a seven-star. And the bracelet gives you access to their lounge. Okay. They have a lounge, which is not like a big... um, Diamond Lounge, like some of the other places had, it's like a little cubbyhole. But in that lounge, AJ, free Perrier, free, you know, um, no booze. I think there might, you know, I don't think there was any booze. Free coffee, (sighs) but um, but free snacks. Okay. So and good snacks like um, like good trail mix, like the peanuts with like the chalk with the with with the M and M's. But you're
0: not eating that, are you? And
1: the I would never even. All right, maybe I had a little of this specialty trail mix, um, <laughs> chips, soda. So and, and and now it's not like there's a four limit. So you're like on, on the honor rule, take what you need. Um, let's just say I am shocked <laughs> that there's no one utilizing this. I think they just opened it up. It's right by registration. So just another perk. If I'm on the strip and I want to like. You know, load up on as much bottled water as and snacks as I want the Cromwell. And the Cromwell is like a hidden gem as far as the Fez tail. Don't stay at Caesars Palace unless you're Compton. It's, it's very nice, like in the Augustus Tower and the like. But most, like, there's there's long, long lines for most people trying to get into Caesars. It's very inefficient, and it's understaffed. The Cromwell only has, like, 180 rooms, and it's an, it's an aging hotel. It used to be the Barbary Coast, but so is Caesars on on sure. there. Older towers, um, like the Forum Tower, so I I would be very surprised for the in and out. The parking garage is very good at the Cromwell. I would give it a really high mark. If you're thinking about I want to be center strip, not pay that much and have a really and it's cool. It's got Dre's nightclub. It's got Giada's restaurant. Both they're really good. They've got you know the the pool is like on the on the roof. Um, I think Cromwell is like the hidden gem gem of Harris.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. I'll have to check out the old Cromwell. All right, let's get into the pod, and let's start with this Deshaun Watson news. And here's sort of a tick-tock that McKenzie did uh, of the Browns' win totals uh, offseason timeline. So June well, it was open, was May 18th. They opened 9.8. June 7th, it was 9.5. So there was some... I think most people thought there might be some suspension, so some pessimism early. Uh, June 8th was when the New York Times released that article talking about him, 66 different women. Suddenly it was like, ooh, there's a lot more pessimism about the Browns. Some of the details
1: yes. came out regarding the – can you use the word nefarious? Is that appropriate? I, I think
0: that's fair. If the accusations are true, yes, then they, they were nefarious sure that acts. They are,
1: but, but kind of <laughs> – Behavior that is um, not something the NFL could ever condone.
0: No. So June 10th, by that Friday, well, June 8th, it goes to 9.2, drops instantly to 9.2. By June 10th, that Friday, it was 9.0 flat. July 8th, it was down to 8.3.
1: And again, when we say 8.3, we do decimals on season wins that adjust for the VIGs. So that means the average book had them under 8.5, Not minus one ten, but minus one thirty. Each each ten cent extra increment of vig we consider to be one tenth of a win. That that means half a game would be worth fifty cents. It's actually worth more, like forty four cents. We round it.
0: So July twentieth, it goes up to eight point five, and then August first is when Judge Sue Robinson says six game suspension. Nine point three. So there's a, a, a spike in optimism about the Browns.
1: And let me put a big, big fat asterisk on 9.3. One book opens 9.5, DraftKings. One book opens 8.4, Circa. Uh, obviously, that's pretty profitable middle. People sure. play the over 8.5. They play the under 9.5. I would actually say, like like 36 hours later, I would say it had settled in at around 8.5 eight point nine. Okay would have been my settle point. Just because I was betting both sides. So I I think I'm uniquely qualified to like, you know, be really aware of exactly what I would consider the market to be. And obviously there were some books that were you know nine and there were some books that were eight point seven all over the place.
0: So a few days later the NFL says we're gonna appeal this thing, that nine point three or nine point whatever you think it was, eight point nine, drops to eight point six. And then we've been in a holding pattern. Uh, to, until this morning. And, and, uh, and
1: Yeah, and I would say and the 8.9 down to 8.6, basically, oh, six, six, we, like initially. It's no, going to be more than be six, six, six now. It's going be six. Um, Goodell's glad to be done with this. And then it, the, the narrative became, nope, six is not going to be enough. And this was just a wild goose chase over at Nakatomi with this um, this former judge and whatever the heck she was doing because that, that was irrelevant to everyone else. And once the terrorist got dropped onto the police cruiser, You know, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, it's going to be more than six games.
0: So the question was, and Circa took took it off the board this morning, and has since reposted, and they posted it at
1: eight point oh five over eight minus one (laughs) fifteen.
0: Well, actually, we heard it, it opened at oh. under eight. Yes,
1: yes, you're, minus you're, you're, one fifteen. Right, so they opened seven point nine five. First bet on over eight at circa, and that could just be someone scalping. It could be another book that has yeah. has nine. For all I know, you know that that people are playing both sides. But um, you know, I got to give accolades. And by the way, I met with Matthew Metcalf over at Circa. Um, tremendous um, person to talk to. Gave me, I would say, almost an hour of his time. Talked about a variety of topics and. Um, I know that they, Circa, were down much more in the Browns than everyone else when that six-game suspension came out. Like I said, they dealt the Browns 8.4, DraftKings 9.5. You know, every other book was higher. While Circa gets the last laugh, they get a bajillion dollars on over 8.5 plus 110. And that doesn't look very good anymore, those bets.
0: Uh, And by the way, for those of you who are schedule-watching, Deshaun's first game back after that 11-game suspension, will be at the Houston Texans, uh, where I'm sure he'll get a very, very warm welcome from Texans fans. No,
1: no doubt.
0: Um, so, yeah, a lot of interesting parts in this. And it's funny because my initial thought was, I, I I guess for the since the appeal happened, since the NFL said we're appealing, my thought was it's going to be a full season. So in my mind... The 8.6 that we've been at, when they said 11 games, I thought that it would go up to, like, nine because I would have thought, well, wow, that's that's six less games than I thought he was going to be suspended, so the optimism should be there. You made a good point, though, that by splitting this number, it, it took away an option for, for the Browns to be better at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, and I think there, the theme of the preseason – when you're fading a team going against a team is you want something bad to happen to the quarterback, but you don't want him to be out for the year. Example, the Jets, you want Wilson to not be a hundred percent, but you don't want him to like, you know, be out for the year because then Jimmy G could get signed and, Listen, they,
0: and they could get better. If you're a Jets fader, you might want Zach Wilson to be healthy.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. But ideally he's just healthy enough to play. Yeah. yeah. And similarly, you, you, you don't want Houston to be without a quarterback because then Cleveland, uh, you Cleveland yeah. Cause then Cleveland, Houston, Cleveland, sorry. Then Cleveland will go out and maybe get Jimmy G and not be, uh, you know, have to go with a below average quarterback for two thirds of the year. But here, this 11 games is as bad as it possibly could get. If you bet Cleveland over, this is the worst news that you could, because he wasn't going to get suspended for 14 games. Right. It was going to be, 12, I guess he could have gotten suspended for 12, but anything more was going to be the season. Yeah. So this is almost uh, the worst possible scenario where now you're saddled with bad quarterback play for two-thirds of the year, and so bad news for anyone who has played Cleveland to go over. I tell you, you know who the biggest winner is? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why is that? Because the 11th game, the last game that um, Watson's going to miss... Is Tampa. Tampa. So think about that. Tampa at Cleveland. Well, Cleveland would have been favored with Watson not going to be favored anymore.
0: So let's think about this for a second. You were saying that, and I think. Maybe not favorite. Pick
1: him. Let's make it pick him.
0: I think that Jimmy G is off the board as a trade target for the Browns. But if Jimmy G gets cut, why wouldn't he take the Browns call?
1: What if he's good? What are you going to do?
0: I mean, you he's only he's only there for a year.
1: Yeah, what are you going to do if, if the Browns are 8-3 and, and Jimmy G's looking good?
0: Then you let Jimmy G play out the year. You you come up with Deshaun's got a hamstring injury for the rest of this season, and then Deshaun becomes a starter next year. Mm. I, I mean, because Deshaun's money's guaranteed long-term. Jimmy G's is not. So, to me, it's a, it's a pretty simple fix. And the, the likelihood that, I mean, listen, we saw Deshaun Watson, and I, granted it was a preseason game, Deshaun Watson looks terrible right well, now. Well,
1: and the mar- the market is saying that that is not a viable option because the second Jimmy G goes to Cleveland, Cleveland's season win number goes from from 8.05 to 9.2, right?
0: But I would assume but that I I get in again like the market saying it's not a viable option. Or maybe they in, haven't considered it enough In yet. my mind it's it should be a, f- a football option. Cuz
1: we're in the we're in the infancy of this of this news. Sure. And let's face frankly um the when, when we had the last breaking news on Deshaun Watson, the market was wildly optimistic on Cleveland. You know, one book putting them up at nine and a half. So now maybe they are too pessimistic on Cleveland. Really good roster. Uh, we will see.
0: The wild thing about this is that, it, it go, I mean, I guess going from six to 11 is not, noteworthy. I mean, it's a big jump, five extra games. But I would have thought that, after you know Roger Goodell was thrown around predatory and egregious behavior and things like, like I I thought there was no way they could they could even settle. I, I mm. because I, I wonder what this like didn't they say the settlement offer before anything happened was ten games? Is that right? And Deshaun passed on that. Mm. And now I mean obviously a lot's changed since then, but uh, it, it's just I, it's confusing to me that they would that. 11 is the number they fall on. Hey, uh, you said you would have laid big money that it would have landed on an even an number. An even number. It just seems like, like,
1: why 11? Yeah, why it
0: doesn't make a whole lot 8, of sense. 10,
1: 12, those seemed all very viable. You know, I've lost a lot of money on big I, – I, I bet, well, a game land odd or even. And in all sports, you know, someone help me out there. It's possible I'm wrong here. Bowling and the like, but I think <laughs> in, in, in all sports, odd numbers are more likely than even numbers, because if two teams are tied, it goes yes. into overtime, and then you know I wonder if that's true in soccer. I wonder if soccer has because when when you know I bet I bet I bet soccer even scores or I bet that's a sport that even is is more common than odd because if you count
0: it, zero zero is even yes beca- yeah
1: because when it's one zero at the end of the game, oftentimes there's, there's a goal, and if it's one-one, there's never a goal. Yeah, because you know both teams are. Um, but then, but then when it goes to over to, to the overtime, then the, I don't even know soccer. I, I'd be very <laughs> interested to see if there's more even or odd scoring. But in baseball, obviously odd dominates games land seven, nine, eleven. Yeah, and in football. Odd outcomes are more likely because the g- game landing three, of course, is so popular in seven. And if it lands three, seven, then the final score has to be, you know, an odd score. Uh,
0: McKinsey has a uh, he's got a, a good database on soccer. He's going to check that now. He's he's checking to see what the uh, the distribution is. Odds. I'm, I'm
1: going to predict even 54 percent. We'll see.
0: OK. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Edit, edit. What what else did we want to talk here? I'm sorry.
1: Let's talk about how the markets are changing so rapidly in preseason football. The we've never seen like so many dramatic line moves.
0: Okay. And then what else after that? What are, where else are we looking? One second here. One second. One second. I just sent this to myself.
1: I want to talk about the lack of parity. There's only four teams that can win in college football. Okay. Um, Skill position players. I want to summarize our pod. I want to give an advertisement how good our pod was and. To, okay. And to address the criticism.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Three. Two, one. All right, let's take a look at preseason and how wildly the markets have been moving with the, with these things.
1: You know, it's just crazy how you blink and there's two three point line moves going on. This didn't used to be the case even like five years ago. Oftentimes, you'd see what was, you know, generally the right side and a team a total would be forty two and a half, and you'd see a little money on the under. And it go to 42, leak to 41 and a half, 41. Maybe the day of the game, then it might go down to 40 and a half. It's a whole new world, AJ. It is a world where you've got so many different players that are giving things out, including but not limited to our, our own hitman, who absolutely moves the markets yeah. hard. Myself, uh, Adam Chernoff, simple handicap. He gives out plays. Um, they move immediately. A right angle sports Gives out plays, they move immediately. And just big syndicates know they're always in danger if they like a game. If they don't act on it strongly and aggressively, that's like a line from the 2004 main event, Greg Raymer strongly and aggressively pushes all in with his, you know, his flush draw and his over cards. So, um, the that was against Mattisow. <laughs> gotta watch, gotta watch Madison. I'll get trashed by the fossil man. Um, but the but the bottom line is that it, you you need to get your bets in hard if you're a syndicate because all it takes is one hitman release and that forty two is going to become a thirty nine and a half in ten minutes, literally. And so I, I I've never seen anything like it before. It's just crazy how how often now, like in preseason, I'll use an example. It's Thursday, and I played the Bears Seahawks under. We talked about how uh, you know Geno Smith is a good under quarterback. For Seattle, much more than Drew Lock, um, but there's there's a total that bang. It went from 42 and a half. I gave it out at 42 and a half. It was a premium play. It goes down to 39. You know, the next like like it actually had two drops immediately to 41, and then another drop immediately to 39. And I'm like, gosh, gun to my head, I'd play over at 39. Um, so just crazy the line. And how
0: at what what time frame is that moving in?
1: Oftentimes and in, in in literally. 30 seconds That's you get wild. Two, point, 2 point line the 30 seconds you'll see 2 point line moves.
0: and you know and i guess the the actual regular season market there's more there's more money being bet it's more of a liquid market so it, it doesn't move as quickly uh-huh. like what are the what's the most you could get down on a preseason total right now
1: uh, i can tell you like stations is a pretty much middle of the road vegas place and i went and asked for 2000 on a total and they gave me 1000 so their limit. What if
0: I would have asked for two thousand?
1: I think I think I, I didn't use my player's card. Oh, okay. I know using my player's card. I know I'm only a, a, the station's great for, for with me. They let me bet, go to the window once, and they've told me don't bet more than once at the window. But they have never told me I had to use my, my my player's card. So and I know using my player's card doesn't get me anything extra. Right. So I said, eh, didn't have my player's I, I I did not have my player's card on me, so I asked for two thousand, and they gave me one thousand. So uh, I think That's what the limit is for AJ Hoffman or anybody else. And so I think that's pretty much across the board. I can tell you on the app, the MGM only takes 500. Okay. I don't know what they take in person, but I know I've tried to bet at the MGM. I think I told you this. I, I came in and tried to bet. I think it was a WNBA game. And oh know it was, it was a, um, it was a USFL game. And, they said you, you're not supposed to be betting in person. You're supposed to be betting the app. No one has ever told me that, by the way. But it, I was at Mandalay Bay, and they said that, and I was like, "News to me!" <laughs> until, until I'm told, until somebody calls me at the MGM, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll keep betting, you know, at the window. But 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 they say no you you got you got to bet on the app and I'm like well the game isn't on the app so can I bet and they said yes you can yes And, okay. they, and they took my bet that was odd um, so they never thank goodness because it would have just cost me money because I was sucked so bad at the US yeah,
0: that's true yeah
1: I'm sure I would have lost and I don't remember going and cashing that ticket so I'm sure I'm sure I lost the. Um, uh the, the the bottom line is I think the average total is like a thousand. So if you want to get down five grand, you better get your shoe leather out and, and get a workout and go to like five different books.
0: Uh, the English Premier League League and La Liga matches from twenty eleven to present, just over o- almost seventeen thousand matches. Eight thousand four hundred and sixty-eight even, eight thousand two hundred and seventy-two odd
1: so so uh, is that 51 1% about
0: 51 52% it looks like
1: even so directionally i was right that even's yep. more common but it's not not wildly now now mckenzie let me ask you, probably i don't know if mckenzie's mic is no
0: cool. we're having issues with his yeah, mic yeah
1: so I, I probably what's going on is that you're getting the 1-1 one, one game sometimes someone scores in overtime to get you to the odd although it's still an underdog to to get there. Without that, I'm sure, like, if this was just graded at the end of regulation time, I'm confident that the even would be even higher, right? Yeah,
0: there's no overtime in these matches. The game just ends in a draw. Oh. I mean, there's there's always... Injury extra, time. So there's
1: extra injury time, but there's not. So, 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 so what happens, like in the World Cup, then they 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 have a 30 minute overtime. holding yeah, yeah. in the World Cup,
0: because the World Cup's like a, a yeah. single elimination at some point, so right. they've got it. They've got to find a way to settle it. But yeah, in these situations, the game's just in. the, in All the right, draw. So
1: so so I'm surprised that even is only a little bit. You know, that's that's very interesting. Okay. All
0: right. Uh, and listen, none of us here are soccer experts, except McKinsey. and his his mic isn't working, so that's just. You
1: know. Yeah. Apologies to everyone. I really sh- I should know the soccer overtime rules and like, and it just goes no, to you show shouldn't. you. I just I <laughs> so rarely that I bet. So I and I've got a friend that kills soccer and he swears by like live betting that when a game's t- basically I was biased because I know when a game is tied, no one, no one. It's much so much harder to score than once you, once you get a team that's ahead scoring kicks up, you know, dramatically. But I, I got to be honest, part of the reason I with soccer, there's just so many leagues. And like my pet peeve is and I, and I scream at people like the old guy, get off my lawn. It's like, you know, they'll send something like I'm supposed to know, you know, what league it is and where to look it up because there's like 50 different soccer leagues. All right. And like, like, yes, I should know who the English Premier League teams are, but I don't. All right. So what happens? Someone will send it. and I'll be like, so a fifth grader can find it. You know, I'm screaming at them like if it's a German league or something, you know, you got to explain to me you know league team so like i can navigate my soccer menu which is daunting there's so many games out there
0: all right let's talk about the pod that you and uh, you and i and and scott and mckenzie did this week where we forced the over bets and there were a lot of people who were like oh well you guys it said don't play these bets why'd you give us all these bets if you're saying don't play them and the truth is i mean with that was that was the exercise we were going through first of all. I don't think that all of those... I, I think directionally, a lot of those over bets are good. Uh, I But I also believe in the math that we've seen that it's it's hard to win these overs. Just
1: because of the injury issue that like 20% of these players will have a significant enough injury to miss enough games that they'll go under. By road, Adam Thielen will be having a good year, and then he'll be out with some calf strain, etc. And directionally... How can you benefit from our pod one? Basically, I'm saying, yeah, i I love Justin Jefferson. Will you bet him over? No, but I have to because you know we we we're going to give our best bets well. Get creative. Start looking for you know, head to head matchups. Start looking for you know, Jefferson week one match. I have no problem with you playing a week one, you know reception yard over. So if I'm bullish on someone, aJ's bullish on someone, Mackenzie's bullish on someone. Scott Seidenberger, I actually changed his name to Seiden Total, but <laughs> so Seiden so Total likes over. You know, look look to play those players, you know, early in the season, um, oftentimes early in the cycle, and play them over. So that's that's how you can benefit from that information. Because if you're directionally right that a player's going to have a really big year, guess what? He's probably going to be um, a value play to bet an over weeks one through four. And I am not anti over. I mean, I, I I bet more unders than overs. But there are certainly plenty of times where I'm like, well, that's the dumbest number I've ever seen. This dude should be higher, and I'm going to play him over 78 reception yards.
0: I know um, the other thing that we talked about on the pod, we talked a little bit of college football on the pod. We talked about a prop that they've got over at the South Point, uh, and it shows that there's not a lot of parity in college football these days.
1: Yeah, so the South Point threw a bunch of the second-tier college football teams like Texas A&M and Utah mixed and matched them in with the big boy the favorites and you could bet them and we were talking about a lot of it was just noise. The truth is there's four teams that can win the college football championship. Alabama would obviously if, if it was a snake draft, literally like if we had a snake draft, all right, the only way to make this viable is we'd have to say, well, Alabama wins the title game by one to seven. Right. Eight to fourteen. <laughs> we'd have to chop Alabama Ohio State and Georgia into into different pieces to make this viable uh, because Alabama, then Ohio State, and then you know you could you could put Georgia and Clemson a little tag team action, put both of them in there together, and then you really don't have to go any further. And we were talking about well, what would the line be on the field after those four teams? And and I really think you know I would lay minus eight hundred. You give me those, and then someone should put that prop up at a reasonable vig and say those the big four against the field. And when the big four is minus one eight hundred, then there is something wrong with that sport. Where it's basically all the rest of you just it's all it's just a big exhibition. You can't win. You can't win, Rock. I,
0: well, I don't disagree. Uh, I have a hard time coming up with anybody winning a title besides it. Like I can I, now, I would bet hard the other way that those four teams aren't the four teams in the playoff. But whoever gets in the playoff and whichever one of those teams gets left out. That team that makes it in lieu of one of the big four isn't going to win. Yeah,
1: well, well it, it's it's almost like a ten team. It's a it's a four leg ten point NFL teaser, right? That you take <laughs> you take four twelve point favorites, and it may well have you know a positive expectation. Well, each one's going to win eighty seven percent of the time. You stack four .87s together, and now it's it, it and it, it's different because every time every time one of them gets in. There's, it's like musical chairs. Now there's one one fewer slots left. So you tell me, all right, Georgia and Ohio State and Alabama all made it. Well, Clemson, there's only one more magic golden ticket That's it. for you. So now it's Clemson against 104 teams. Yes. So instead of having four selections possible, you can see how it becomes, the like you talk about anti-correlated parlay. Like if you told me Georgia doesn't make it, how much would I be willing to bet? Yes, Alabama makes
0: it. Of course. Yeah, yes. yeah. All right. Uh, one team that you and I both seem to think isn't going to make it is Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, I'm going I'm to rely on you here to explain why. But sometimes, like, I talk about reading the tea leaves in the marketplace. And so I'm bumbling, fumbling around. It's August. You know, I'm trying to lose weight. I actually I gained weight this this week. Mm, uh, two a one and a half. Yeah. Um, but the... Uh I'm like what's this? I'm I'm like following the marketplace Notre Dame. They they're supposed to win 9 games. I'm and I'm thinking to myself they're not going to win 9 games. I got I got to bet under. It goes back to what we're saying about the market moving quickly. I'm like ah it's a public team. We'll get, we'll, get, we'll get around to that eventually. Don't want to tie up my money. Uh-oh. So power power move against the Irish. Their season win had been nine. 9s have almost largely disappeared, and you agree with this movie.
0: Yeah, I do, and and you're going to have a hard time finding any uh, positive stuff coming out of South Bend these days, and uh, a lot of guys that they they had basically switched positions, guys from offense to defense, uh, they've decided to start switching back now. It, it, they, it, it just seems like, and I, I was low on Notre Dame to begin with. I, I thought that where they were projected early in in this process was kind of absurd, given all the the changes that they've got on offense. The change they lost their their uh, the the quarterback of their defense, uh, and to have a new coach, so just so much turmoil. I'm looking to typically fade turmoil. I'm fading USC this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, same reason. It's great that you 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 know eventually this is going to be Lincoln Riley's going to be a good thing for USC. But right now it it there's no magic button that just gets pushed and
1: I guess with USC I would use change not turmoil, right? Turmoil implies like our our boat is sinking.
0: The, the, yeah. I, I guess that's a fair that's a fair thing. Yeah. So in it does. It, until the last couple of days, it hasn't felt like Notre Dame's boat was sinking, but it it kind of is starting to feel that way now. And I just I, I
1: think that's more a one year type of thing. Although our our friend Brad Powers said ah, Notre Dame's never going to win a title ever again.
0: I agree with him on yeah. that.
1: He says they're going to become. You know, he said that it, it could be. Um, similar to the declines of Army and Navy. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. remember when Army and Navy used to be the game of the year? I would, I would. When we were minus seven years old?
0: I'm trying to think what I would lay if I said the next 20 years, if you give me Ohio State and Michigan, I would say in the, in the next 20 years, there will be zero teams from above the Mason-Dixon line that win the national title and I'd feel pretty good about that mm. especially with the Pac-12 collapsing in Oregon and you know they they're no longer going to be a, a, a really a power not that they're a power now anyway but the, and they hadn't won one yet so but yeah I would say Ohio State and Michigan but every other program north of that that middle line everything north of the middle of the United States good luck it's just, it's too too tall a hill to climb I think
1: if we um, if we if we snake drafted the the Yankees teams, and we don't get Ohio State. By the way, Ohio State's not far removed from the South. You go to C- it's a fascinating city, you know, because with Covington, Kentucky, right yeah, there, it's, it's right across the river. It's got like what? What do they say? It, that they in Washington D.C. have all the politeness of the North and all the efficiency of the South. Okay, so <laughs> all combined in, in one city in Washington D.C. Uh, I if I snake drafted, would I take Oregon, Wisconsin, or Penn State? Those would be the three that would pop into my mind.
0: No, ahead of Notre Dame, yes. Oof. Would you
1: put them ahead of Notre Dame? I no, would. I would.
0: I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, it, I just can't. I, I can't picture a viable road for any of those teams. Like Penn State. When's the last time Penn State was good? Joe Paterno was there. The last time Penn State was like competing for titles. Their recruiting goes down Couldn't every we say year. The
1: same about LSU, right before they won their title. Uh, what was the last time? that I guess it wasn't that
0: long. Yeah, LSU They're, won with Les yeah, Miles. Yeah, LSU were, won were with ten, Nick Saban. We're talking about eight years.
1: Yeah, you know, it's not, not, different. Not,
0: not, not twenty eight. Yeah, years. you're going back to like the the early '90s when Penn State was like a power. Hmm. Uh, it, that's now it's getting to be like where it's a generation. That Penn State was a power, Nebraska was a power a generation ago. Mm-hmm. Like. My kids have never known Nebraska football to compete for national titles. Could
1: Iowa ever win a national title? No. Fake, fake – uh, No. Colin Howard once said Iowa's like the fake credit card kid. The kid that, like, is, it pretends to be an adult, but he's really not. You know, he's not 21. And it's like they pretend to be a top-five team, but
0: – They're not. They got
1: good tight ends. and Yeah. They, good they, tackles. They can Yeah. And they, they, they got big linemen that do very well in the NFL. And their
0: receivers run four sevens.
1: You know, there's certain schools <laughs> – like I don't have the, the details. Like like it seems like Iowa and Wisconsin always have bad quarterbacks, and yet I watch preseason football and there. So all these quarterbacks from Iowa and Wisconsin, yeah, how do know. these kids get better?
0: I have no idea.
1: After they get out, of I have no I guess idea. Maybe because they run the ball three quarters of the time, they never really get to display their talents.
0: But the the Notre Dame number moved pretty quickly, uh, and it looks like it's it's settled now around eight and a half. Uh, it, it, I mean, part of it is Notre Dame's got. They're at Ohio State and they've got Clemson. They've they've got two games against teams that it it just can't win. So they're they're not in that weight class. They're at USC, which is a tough game. I mean, BYU is a tough game. There's a, there's some there's some games on there's and then there's a few games that like if North Carolina beat them, would you be shocked? No. Mm-hmm. But would I be shocked if Notre Dame beat them? No. I, I think a lot of it, it just it just boils down to how how quickly do they meld. And again, I think the coaching change, I think Marcus Freeman is a good coach for Notre Dame long term, but Marcus Freeman's never been a head coach before. This is all new to him too and it- i don't
1: I don't like uh, I'm a big believer in beat up on the cupcakes and give your kids some confidence. I don't like the idea of going into the horseshoe and getting smacked around and you could get a couple players injured and your psyche's all banged up and you Ohio State could win that game by forty.
0: Right. Uh, oh, I mean, they could absolutely they could, and th- the truth is, when they booked that game, they expected Brian Kelly to be the head coach, mm-hmm. so it wasn't you know it, it probably felt like it's probably a game they would be expected to lose. But if you'd taken a reg- like a Notre Dame team the last handful of seasons and brought them into that game, they probably lose by seven to ten points. Mm-hmm. Here, I, I mean, you're right. They could lose by by 30 points, and I it wouldn't shock me one bit. So you fully
1: endorse the Notre Dame under nine. Yes. And even at under eight and a half, you'd still strongly yep. lean under. You got you got an Easter egg for everyone. You got a college football season. winning give to everybody that you're looking at. And-
0: I mean, I I will go ahead and give Wisconsin again because under nine. Under nine. Yeah, it seems to not be moving very much. Uh, but I I you you mentioned them. Bad quarterback play. Graham Mertz is just so bad. It's it's hard for me to envision them winning 10 games. I, I, I just can't find 10 wins on their schedule.
1: How is the Big Ten going to chop up their conference play with USC and UCLA? How are they going to sure. align everything?
0: I'm not sure. Wouldn't I, that
1: help? The West sucks. So wouldn't shouldn't that help them to bring in? It should. On that side, it should.
0: But the presumption would then be that there's a couple teams from the West that move to the East. I don't know who they would be.
1: Mm-hmm. The you know the the East is a real problem, or at
0: least I guess it would be one team that moves from the West. You
1: to the talk East. you talk about really what they should do is they've got a lot of more middling teams in the West, and then the East has the contenders and the cupcakes. And so you know, long term, the, the poor Rutgers and the Maryland's and the Indiana's are just going to get they're going to get flattened week out you know week after week, year after year, when they have to play. Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, and, and Penn State. State yeah. I mean it's not it's not right, you know. They should have four. They should have four quadrants.
0: <laughs> yeah, it would make more sense. And and I also know that like when it comes to moving teams over, there's going to be a lot of okay. Do we like you can't really? I guess probably the most likely team to move from west to east would be Purdue, because putting Purdue in the same division as Indiana. Would make sense because mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense to split up Illinois and Northwestern. Uh, so I, I think that's that's probably the move. Is not per- to
1: mention they're kind of like a lesser Big Ten school. You could say so you, you could screw them over and there wouldn't be an outcry by anybody. And they yeah. probably don't have enough you know, clout within the Big Ten to like prevent them from being you know tossed into the East. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you move Purdue to the East and then you you put USC and UCLA in the West. Um, and then you've got two eight team divisions yes. but they may do they may put it into pods we've talked we've heard about that too there may be like uh four team pods or, or something like that so it, who knows what the what the future holds for those guys
1: it'll be very interesting to me to see the college football ratings if this impacts anything like the, the lack of drama associated with like all the rating shows it's like oh shocker Alabama's number 1 still yeah. and Ohio State's 2 and Georgia's You're never going to believe it. <laughs> and Clemson's 4 again this week.
0: You'll so. never believe who my top 4 are. Yes. Yeah. All right, that is going to do it for another episode of the Fezic Focus we do Pox- a best bet? Oh yeah, why what am I thinking? Yeah, people want your best bet.
1: Well, some some do.
0: Uh, most do. That's what they're here for.
1: I, there's, there, you know, some people that listen to the entire show. Thank you, Napa Mike. And then there's some people that just fast forward to the to the very, very end. You know,
0: and as so, long as they tell their friends, I'm okay with it. Yeah. So what's the best bet this week?
1: Best bet, we're going to go William Hill prop. I, I love this prop. This, how could this prop possibly lose? It's under NFL futures, and, and then in that, on the top of the menu are matchups: an NFL team against a college football team. Georgia versus the Rams. You know what? I like Georgia. Georgia's season win number right now is 11. I like it over. I think they're going 12-0. and 0. Maybe they slip up and they go 11-1. and 1. I think 10-2 and 2 would be a debacle. That would really oh, I agree. be terrible. I mean, they're going to win 11 games.
0: Given their schedule, t- 10 wins would be a disaster.
1: All right. So the Rams, who knows what's going on with Stafford.
0: Although we did get some positive news from him yesterday saying that he'll, he'll be ready to go week one. He's feeling good. Uh, and they were just precautionary with his elbow. So but, they're favored now week one? Uh, I don't know. I, no, are they not? not? Okay. No,
1: there's no movement. Or I haven't seen movement. Um, but I think, you know, the Rams' season win number right now is 10 and a half. And if, if anything, at a few books, it's shade to the under. So I've got one team at eleven. And one team at 10 and a half, and I, I, I hear, I've heard the argument, but wait, the Rams have a higher upside. They can play 17 games. The most Georgia well, yeah. can win is 12. And I'm like, yeah, I said, you know what? The most that Georgia can lose is 11. Or, or is or 10, one, yeah. The most, I'm sorry, the, most, the, the, the basement of their wins is 10. Yeah. Georgia, Georgia can lose eight starters, and they'll go 10 and
0: 10. What's the basement for, for uh, the Rams' wins? Oh,
1: they could go 8 and 9. You think so? It's possible. It happens all oh, the time. That's a really good the, the wheel, team, man. you lose your quarterback? The wheels
0: come. If off. they lose their quarterback, obviously. But yeah. yeah, but if Stafford's healthy, this is a i mean, I I would honestly say I. I think your bet into push. If If Matt Stafford plays seventeen games, I think eleven is probably right for both teams.
1: And And the beauty of this bet is that the Rams, if they win eleven, like like if you bet the Rams under ten and a half wins and they win eleven games, you lose. Yeah. I know you're laying minus 140, but if you bet this prop and the Rams win 11, you might win. Yeah. You you easily could win. You have 40% of the time you're going to win, you know? And I think, like, 50% of the time you're going to push. So, basically... I'm really pissed off at myself for not having played Georgia and Alabama over 10 and yeah. i am desperately looking at—I know there was extra vig, but still, yeah. those, those were such good bets that I'm looking for desperately to find matchups or any way at this point in time when it's obvious they're both going undefeated to play on those teams, and this was the best way at it. So best bet, Georgia, heads up, more wins during the regular season against the Rams. going to lay minus
0: 140. Okay, now— we're going to wrap it up for this episode of the Fezic Focus Podcast. Thanks to McKenzie for all his fine work in the back. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening and for spreading the word. We appreciate that greatly. And you know what? In fact, we appreciate it so much <gasps> that I, I guess I should give them. A, I should give coupon. them a little gift, right? That would only make sense. Before you do
1: that, let me ex- let me explain what you're going to
0: do with this coupon. You have an opportunity for the greatest
1: purchase you will ever make in the history of pregame, all right? Right now, you can get my Weekender package. And here's the beauty of the Weekender. The, it's too complicated for them to take out all my season win pending bets. So if you get my Weekender, you get all my my best bets. Well, guess what? That includes every NFL season win bet I've made, every NFL Week 2 bet I've made, every NFL Week 1 bet i made, and every co- college football season win bet, including my Notre Dame under 9 that I gave out, and I shouldn't give out any more, but my Air Force over eight and a half. You like Air Force over eight and a half?
0: Uh, I think I'm neutral on Air Force, so I I don't know. I probably lean over is what I think. I think
1: they're going to be favored in every game. So like like the, the, but there's many many more that I include. So so you don't you're basically getting like fifteen to twenty um, season long selections all with you know, my weekender package. So I would definitely I, I always recommend the annual package. But if if you haven't subscribed or bought before and you're looking to get your toe wet, that would this would be a great weekend to get my Weekender package, And they can get it discounted, right, AJ?
0: They can. And all they've got to use is the promo code VIP20, VIP20. And what that'll get you is 20% off anything you want there at pregame.com. You just put it in your basket and apply that coupon code. 20% off. So that package that Fez is talking about, you want a season-long package, What you want our combo package, 20% off all of it with the promo code VIP20. It is as simple as that. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you for spreading the word, and we will talk to you next week.
1: Hey, let's do it to them before they do it to us. <laughs>